this is going to sound kind of cold and calculating. And it kind of is. But that's, that's what you need me for. To give you the stuff you're not going to hear from other people. When you're interviewing, here's a hack that I don't think you hear many people say it or talk about this. I know most of you who are seeking out a new job or maybe you have a job, but you're going to kind of every once in a while take a poke and peek and see what's out there. And it's awkward to interview. You're not used to it. You don't know what to say or do, particularly in this COVID age where you're going to see people like this on videos and not in person. So it adds another, how do I, how do I ingratiate myself with the interviewer? How do I get them to like me? How do I, how do I get them to love me? How do I get them to hire me? Because that's the goal, right? After all, here's what I suggest. All right. Again, be prepared. This is going to sound, you're going to be like, man, this is so cold. This is so callous. I don't know if I feel comfortable with it. Well, too bad. You'll feel comfortable. Trust me. Just listen. Pay attention. So first thing you have to do for an interview is know the job description back and forth, upside down, inside out. So you know everything they're looking for. Stock the interviewers, the hiring managers, the people you're going to meet with. Stock them on LinkedIn and social media. You want to know everything about them. You want to know where they went to school, what jobs they had before this, maybe where they live, where they, um, anything about their friends and social life. Do they like sports? Do they like music? Do they have hobbies? Now, I'm not saying this to be a weirdo, you know, creeper. I'm saying this because you want to know who they are. Because think about it. When you have conversations with people, is it a little easier when you know something about them and what they like and what they don't like. If it's Monday morning at work, and let's pretend that we're all going, we're at work now, you know, so you, you see people, you know, real human live beings in front of you, and you'll say, hey, how are the Giants? What do you think of the Giants? What do you think of the Jets? Because you know that person likes football and, and they root for the new, either the Giants or they root against the Jets or whatever the case may be. But you know that's going to be a conversation starter because they're interested in. Same thing with politics. Even though I've said in other segments, don't talk about politics at work, but you know, that's something, if let's say you have something in common, you discuss with somebody because it flows, it makes it easier. Now, if there's someone you don't know, you're always like, ah, what do I bring up? What do I talk about? But if you do your homework for an interviewer, a hiring manager, you're going to get a good sense. Now, you're going to think I'm just going to say, hey, then go there and talk about things that you found out. No, no. It's that, that's creepy. I don't, I see, that's, I found a lot of people do that. You find out that, hey, Jack likes uh, baseball and he likes the Mets because he grew up not far from Shea Stadium. So I, I'm going to talk to him about the Mets. And meanwhile, I haven't liked the Mets since, I don't know, 20 years, 10, 15 years ago. But they're going to talk about it. I'm like, I really don't care. So no, I wouldn't say that. What I'm saying is you want to know this stuff because you start creating a framework of who they are, what they're about. Now, you could be wrong in your assessment, but you want to have a working model. So you get a vibe, you get a feel. And by having that feel, it's going to make you more comfortable because you're going to be like, oh, I think I get this person. Oh, I understand it. It's also helpful to see that person went to such and such school and they have this major and so do these other people and so do I. All right, so now I know I kind of fit in with this group. 
they like the same things I do, or maybe they don't, but at least I know. So the first things you want to know about them. Then when you go to the interview, the key, here's a few things you want to keep in mind. One, people get really easily distracted. You don't want to get distracted. You want to make eye contact. You want to keep eye contact. Oftentimes, people will, especially in person, it's harder. You dot around, you look at other things. If you're in the office, you get distracted by things. Even in the videos, you're not sure where to look, you know? You know, you're looking, you're looking up, you're not, you're looking down, you're looking here, you pick up your, you're looking at your phone. You want to make eye contact. The way you make eye contact with Zoom now is you look at, in the camera lens. Is it perfect? No, because you lose that element. But in a way, it does make it easier because in real life, I would say you make eye contact, but not nonstop. You know, every once in a while you turn away, so it's not uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable doing this, I, I wear contacts or glasses. Um, I would take off my you know, glasses so I could look and I'm not feeling like I'm that weird, uncomfortable thing because I can't, I might not see them that clearly. Or you look at the bridge of their nose, the top of the bridge of their nose. So if you're afraid of making that eye contact, you feel uncomfortable, that's what you do. With a camera, it's a little easier because you look at the camera, you look at the lens and it seems like you're making eye contact and don't drift around. You want to use their name in the conversation. You don't want to use it too much, but you want to use your, their name. For some reason, people like when you have a conversation, Jack, and you say, hey, so how's the weather outside, Jack? How was your weekend, Jack? And you, you, you sprinkle that into the conversation. It catches your attention. If you're not aware of that, try that. Speak with somebody and then just, just, just drip, you know, drop it in there. Not too heavy handed. Uh, you know, my eye doctor used to do that with me. I go in there and almost every other sentence you say my name and after a while like, oh, I get it. You're trying this to, to bond with me, but after a while, it's getting really irritating. You don't want to overuse it, but you use it enough to show it, it makes a connection. There must be some psychology behind that. I'm not aware of it, but I just know it works and it helps. Also, as they speak, not only do you look at them, you want to nod your head that you're paying attention. Most people, when they have a conversation, and you probably do this too, is that you're just waiting your turn to speak. You know, you're not listening that closely. You're listening to the gist, but you know what? You're like, okay, I know. in your mind, you're like, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Let, now let me tell you what's really going on. That's what most people do. Come on, let's be frank. Most people do that. So you don't want to be most people. You want to be above most people. You want to be awesome. That's why you, you're going to get the job. So when you're, you're, you're making eye contact, you're nodding. It shows that you're actually listening to them. And I'll tell you this. I found out in recruiting years ago. It's, it was kind of surprising to me. I would, I would speak to a candidate, I'd ask them, and you want to ask open-ended questions. When you ask questions, you want to make it open-ended. What I mean by that, it's not a yes or no answer. So when they answer you, they have to, they have to talk. They have, they have to share. And when I would ask these open-ended questions, boy, they would talk. A lot of times interviewers are afraid, hey, I, how am I going to get people to talk? For me, it was the opposite. How do I get them to stop? Be, and I would find out that most people, their family, their friends, they don't listen to them when they talk about work. They couldn't care less. They're bored about it. They have no interest in it about it. So when they talk to their family, their kids, <laughs> their friends about work-related matters, maybe at first at one time, everyone did. But after a while, they're like, 
Uh, here we go again. We're going to get a story about your boss, and I know your boss is a jerk, and I know Helen, your coworker, is. And, blah, 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 and you just you don't want to hear it anymore. So you just cut it out. When I would, so when I would listen to people when they would share it, and I'm listening because I like to think I'm a nice, empathetic person, but also it's self-interest because the more I could learn from them, the more I could help them with their job search, the more I could coach them, the more I could give suggestions, what works, what doesn't work, the more I know how much they know about it. So it was important for me to absorb everything about the candidate so I could best sell that candidate to the company. And oftentimes, I, I'm not making this up, I would hear, Jack, did I lose you? Did I, are you there? And, I, and at first when this happened, I was like, yeah, why? Oh, okay, I was just checking. And then I realized, because they're not used to people just being quiet and listening, <laughs> listening to what they have to say. That it's an odd experience for people to talk without being interrupted, that when you're not interrupted, you're like, do we lose connection? <laughs> What's going on? So I would say, oh, no. And I would just respond, oh, uh, no, Fred, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm actually listening to what you have to say. And it's really interesting. Here's, here's, and this goes into the next thing you do. Then you want to reframe what they're saying. So let's say with the interviewer, let's put aside the job seeker part because you're the job seeker. Now let's go, you're, you're, we're, we're, you know, uh, I'm the job seeker speaking to the hiring manager. You want to reframe it. So let's say they say something about the job. And then you're going to do this about the job and you're going to do that about the job and you're going to do the other thing about the job and you're going to do, 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 do. Then I would come back and say, okay, Dorothy, I'm running out of names to use in these in these sessions. So if you guys have interesting names, shoot it over. I'll, I'll, use, I'll use your name, whatever you want me to use. So thank you, Dorothy. I, I really appreciate that question. So what you're saying is you're looking for someone to do that's great because back where I, you know, where I work now, I'm, ca I'm currently responsible for and I think I could really take those skills, bring it over. But then also I know with this job, Dorothy, is that you could do, you, you're, you, you have some other things you'd like me to do as well. So that's fantastic. So I believe I, I could take my experiences that you need and that you want, but then also I could learn. What do you think? So you see what I did there? I reframed what they're saying to show I paid attention. And I'll appreciate that. And you'll find out sometimes when you reframe something, this is hilarious. When you reframe something, they'll say, oh no, that's not what I said. And you're thinking, that's exactly what he said. So let's say for give, give you an example company, the hiring manager might say, hey, I'm looking for 10 years of experience. Let's make this up. This person is a tax accountant. You know, 10 years of tax accounting experience dealing with mid-sized companies in the oil gas industry. Don't ask me why. I just made that up on the fly. And so I would say, oh, okay. So you're, you know, so uh, uh, George, you're looking for someone with 10 years experience of oil and gas industry, and I forgot what the question they asked. See, see, I'm bad. I should have remembered that. So you're looking at someone who has 10 years of tax accounting with the oil and gas industry. Is, is, is that right, Fred? George? See, I mixed up the name. That's what you got to make sure. You remember the name and you want to remember what they're saying. So let's go back. I would say, George, because I gave the name George. George, so what you're saying is that you need somebody with 10 years of oil and gas industry experience, right? Because that's what he said. So many times they'll come back and say, no, 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 you need about 15 or 20. And I'm thinking, you literally just tell me 10, 15, because I'm actively listening. I'm actively listening, pay attention. But then you're like, oh, okay. So what you're saying is you really want about 20 or 20 plus, right? And you bring it back. So it's interesting. Just because you reframe it, give it back, doesn't mean they're going to say, oh, yeah. They may say yes, but they also say, well, no, and then give you other things. And if you noticed, I asked an open, 
ended question after it says, oh, what do you think? That's not a yes or no. You can't say, I think yes or no. You have to say, oh yeah. So it does seem that you have the experience. That's really great. That's what we're looking for. And I like the fact that you want to be intellectually challenged and learn more. So you're incorporating all those together. So you're incorporating using their name, you're nodding as they're talking, you're reframing it, you're asking an open-ended question so then they can come back to you and just talk more. Another interesting to throw on, another layer is this. You want to get them to, to keep talking. And that's, that's another benefit of open-ended questions. And for several reasons. The more they talk, the more you're going to learn about them, the more you're going to learn about the job, the more you're going to learn about the company. In another previous session, we talked about at the end of the interview, do you have any questions for me? Question, and everyone's stressed about it. And I would say, hey, no, ask questions as you go along. And this is what I mean. You ask questions so you could draw out from them all this information. And there's an interesting phenomenon. The more they talk, the more they like you. Because they start thinking, if I'm talking this much to Jack, I must really like him and think he's good, because why am I talking so much to him? And, and you're bringing it out. But it has to be, you have to be good at it. Not annoying questions, but interesting, compelling, thoughtful, relevant questions to get them talking. And then the more they talk, the more you kind of, they, they, they like you, they feel comfortable, they've invested so much time that you're going up in the ranks of who they're going to choose. And plus, you're learning as much as possible, and you're kind of bonding more. And a good question you throw out there is something like, hey, if you don't mind my asking, George, why did you select my resume and why did you ask to interview me? Because then again, open-ended question, I use their name, then they have to kind of answer it. And then they have to talk themselves into, why did I choose Jack to interview? And why do I like him? So then George is going to sell himself again on why I'm good. Because he has to kind of confirm, why did I choose them. There must have been a reason. So they start thinking of the reasons. And they'll maybe even pick up some of the reasons I shared with him as we were having that conversation. You follow where we go. So it's, it's really these subtle things you do. And you might say, hey, won't the hiring manager, the HR person, the interviewer get kind of ticked off? Well, no, because a couple of reasons why. If you're doing it right, they're not even going to notice. It's just so organic. And they're going to think, wow, you're very interested. You know, you're very excited about the role. You're asking questions. You're giving good answers. So they're going to feel good. Plus, people who interview really, and we talked about this before, they're not trained by the companies. They're just thrown into the deep end of the pool. And a lot of them just don't have the skills or the interest to learn and know how to effectively interview someone. So if you're helping them, you're making their life easier. And they really, you know, it, it, so they like you even more because they're like, they're thinking, oh, wow, this, this is a nice flow. This is going really well. As opposed to interviewing someone where you're pulling teeth to get an answer. Another thing is mirroring. What I mean by that is this. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, in New York, way before it was like hipsterish, And we, you, you talk really fast. You know, fast talking New Yorker was kind of a cliche, like a stereotype, but it's true. And I find myself, I've changed over the years to try to not talk as fast and kind of lose the Brooklyn accent. You know what I'm talking about? You know, because it's not really good for business when they hear you talking like this. So I tried to, you know, kind of soften, <laughs> soften it as I grew up, grew up. And I find myself as a recruiter when I speak to candidates, let's say I'm speaking to someone in the Midwest, I definitely would notice 
their tone was much slower, the pace was slower and flatter. And if I'm all like, hey, bum, 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 it would kind of make them uncomfortable because that's not their style. So I would try to mirror their style. Doesn't mean I'm copying it, doesn't mean I'm doing, you ever see when politicians, and we all see this, where they'll go, let's say they're a northerner and they go down south, and all of a sudden they're like, how y'all doing today? I'm here to represent you, to represent y'all rather. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cringy. You're from Boston, you have a Boston accent. Where are you coming with this Southern accent? I'm not saying that. This is not what I'm saying. I am saying though, you wanna respect the person you're speaking with. And if they like communicating at a slower, more thoughtful pace, the, out of respect, you should kind of dial it back a little bit. Because otherwise you're gonna make them feel a little uncomfortable. Like you're being too aggressive doesn't mean you change who you are. You just, you, you slow, you just modulate a bit. So let's regroup. We want to have it where you do your research about the person so you know who they are, you know their hobbies, you know what they like. Now, I said, we're not doing it just to kind of pepper them with that, but it doesn't, maybe as you get comfortable, maybe you could subtly bring it up. <laughs> you know, maybe you can subtly bring up, hey, I noticed that Notre Dame just won over Clemson and you're a, a, a Notre Dame alum. You must be pretty excited today. It was wild. I saw all the kids rush, you know, on the field. That seemed awesome. And then they may be, oh my God, yeah, this is great. And, and all of a sudden you guys are bonding. But if you do your homework, you got to know about Notre Dame football. Because then, you, you know, once they start asking you questions, then it can be embarrassing. You have no idea what you're talking about. So you want to do your homework too. So you want to get a sense of who they are. So that could come in, in handy that you feel comfortable with them and who they are. Because you could fr have a framework. It could come up in a conversation. You could use this to, to break some ice or to bond. As you're talking to them, you want to sprinkle in their name so they know you're paying attention, you're making eye contact. I didn't point this out, but also your body language. In person, it's a little different because in person, you know, you want to stand up straight, your shoulders back, your head up held high. You want to make a firm handshake when you meet them. In this new world, it's not going to be as much of that. So now it's more of, okay, you're sitting up straight in your chair. You're looking in the camera to make eye contact. You're making sure your camera's set up correctly, your lighting is set up correctly, your backdrop looks good, your posture is good, you're not fidgeting, you're not playing with things, you're not like looking around, you know, you're not looking at your watch, you're not picking up your phone. So those are the things you want to focus on those as well. You want to reframe what they're saying, so this way it shows you're listening, but then also in case you misheard or maybe they misspoke or maybe it needs further elaboration, you reframe it, see what they have to say. Ask open-ended questions so that they have to talk. And then the more they talk, the more they like you, the more they talk themselves into liking you. And, and the final thing is, and uh, final thing is, and you probably know this already, you don't want to interrupt them. Sometimes you're so excited in a conversation, whether it's an interview or in your personal life, that you can't wait to interject your part, you know? Like, oh my God, what I'm gonna say is so great, so smart, I can't wait to say it, I'm gonna say it. And you're gonna either, A, you're gonna interrupt them, or B, it's all in your mind, so you're not even listening to them anymore. And as I mentioned before, you wanna listen, you wanna actively listen. And that's why I say nodding, that shows you're actively listening to what they're saying. And you're, that's why you're, you're reframing it, that's why you're shaking your head, that's why you're mirroring, mirroring it, because it shows that you're really listening, you're, you're in the moment, you're in the zone, you're paying attention, nothing is more important than this interview. And if you interrupt and step, on, on his or her toes when she's talking, it ruins the flow and it kind of irks them because it's like, let me get out a sentence for goodness sakes. Jeez, Jack, stop talking. Just listen for it. It, it ruins it. So you want to 
not interrupt, hold back. I know there's something you have that you can't wait to say. You want to say, take a breath, wait for them to finish, and then bringing it up. And then if you can't bring it up then, you can bring it up later when they say, hey, do you have any questions for me? So now that you're here, it's probably not as crass and callous as I made it out to be. Because now that you've heard me speaking, it's really just, actually, can I tell you something? Think about it. It's really just being a nice, normal human being. Because imagine if we did that naturally in all of conversations where we listen to people, we hear them out, we don't interrupt. We ask for them for their opinions so they talk more. We don't interrupt when they're trying to say something. We don't, we don't look away when they're talking. So these are just natural things we should be doing anyway. We're just deploying this in the interview stage. And most people don't do that. So if you do this and you follow this and other related stuff that you can pick up, you're going to be, you're going to be prized. They're going to think, hey, wow, I really like this interview. There was a great give and take, a great flow, ask great questions. They, they were engaged. So clearly they like the job. I think I'm, I, you know, I like, I like the candidate. I'm bonding with him or her. And so it, it increases your chances because likability is a big factor in the interview process. Likability is a big factor. Yes, you want to have all the ingredients, but people want to hire people who they like. I would even suggest two candidates, roughly about the same experience, maybe one has more. But the person who has the likability factor that you could work well, work well and play well with others, they go in that direction. Because when we get back to a place where maybe we're in the office five days a week, four days a week, three days a week, so whether you're in the office or you're doing it remotely, they want someone they feel comfortable with, someone they like dealing with to make the day go by better. It makes it more interesting, more fun. So they'll choose that likability and the tools the hacks I'm suggesting to you really enhances that because people, hiring managers, just like anybody else, they like someone who listens to them, who pays attention to them, who asks questions because they're curious about their thoughts and ideas. And they want to make sure they're on the same page. And they're just courteous and respectful. Try it. You know what? Try this out before you go interview. At first, it's going to come across weird. But try it and you're going to do great. Thanks for watching.